Hi everyone and welcome to Take 10 for Torah number 737. I hope you all are well. Any questions, comments, suggestions, recommendations, or sponsorships, please email me at rabbiismach at take10fortorah.org. I wanted to begin uh, this week, uh, Parsha's Vayikra, again, we're just from Pesach, uh, but today sort of synthesize Vayikra and Pesach together. Vayikra, usually the big discussion that everybody has is why the small aleph, there's a small aleph in the word Vayikra, but I'd like to speak about the third word of the parasha, Vayikra el Moshe, because we know there's an interesting medrash, medrash tells us that Moshe had a variety of names. Asara Shemas Nikurlo le Moshe, Yered Chever Yukusil Avigdar, Avi Socho, Avi Zanuach, Avtuvia Shmo, Shmaya Shmo, bunch of different names, so a lot of names, and uh, not sure what it said on his license, but a bunch of different names were attributed to Moshe. And of course, we know names are generally associated with the idea of defining something that a person does or something that a person is. But specifically, the name Moshe is chosen to be the name of choice throughout the entire Torah. Okay, so the Medrash explains why. So Chaver is Shechibar Asabanim Le'avim Shabashamayim. He connected people to God. Avigdar is, uh, in, in a way, he was the father of all lawmakers. Avi Socho, he was the father of all prophets. Okay, so the question, of course, is Moshe. And why he is named Moshe, if he has all these inspiring names, why is Moshe the one chosen? So we know the story of the origin of Moshe's name. Vatered Basparo Lerchotz Al Hayar. Moshe is the baby in the basket. And we're not exactly sure what's going to happen with Moshe. And what happens is she finally is able to reach this little baby in a basket. And min hamayim mishisihu. Therefore, vatikra shemo Moshe vatomer ki min hamayim mishisihu. She calls him Moshe for this reason. Min hamayim mishisihu means pulled him out of the water. So he's the... I pulled him out of the water kit. Now, there's a different discussion, of course, about how exactly this works. Uh, why would, you know, Bas Paro, the daughter of Paro, be speaking Hebrew? Why would she be using the phrase Menomai Mishisiu? I don't want to get into that right now. But in any event, the origin of the name Moshe comes from something which doesn't seem so sacred, doesn't seem so inspirational. It's not because he was a prophet or a lawgiver, but because he got schlepped out of the water. Okay, so that's the name Moshe, and the question is why. So the Medrash says, Amr lo HaKadosh Baruch Moshe, Chayecha. The name that I'm going to call you, of all of the names, all of the wonderful names that you have, Vayikra El Moshe, I'm specifically going to call you Moshe, because that's the name that she named you. And so in this, we have this incredible lesson where she was the one who, so to speak, did God the favor of saving God's savior Moshe, who saved the Jewish people, so the hakaras atov, the gratitude that God has for this woman, for Bisibas Paro, is that the name that he chose for Moshe is the name that the Torah ultimately will use, even though he had all of these other titles. It's as if God is saying, it's the least that I can do. It's the least that I can do for you, for everything that you did for my people, for Moshe himself. And that's the fundamental Hakaras Hatov that we find in so many places. And here we see it actually in this Medrash, painted as if God uses the same Hakaras Hatov as well. And we see this so many times, how fundamental Hakaras Hatov is. But I want to focus today on Hakaras Hatov vis-a-vis Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. There's a lot of theological importance to Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the exodus from Egypt. We're going to probably mention that over the course of the next few weeks. But I want to talk about something even uh, as basic as Hakaras Hatov. And here we have God exercising Hakaras Hatov. You know, but it says, more specifically, Ba'ata, 
in the parshvi, this is back in Shemos, one safer back. So he encounters the burning bush, and he says, go uh, go and save the Jews. Moshe says to God, you know, what am I going to do? I'm going to go to Paro, who am I? Will I take the Jews out of Egypt? He's very hesitant, he's very skeptical. But if you look on the Medrash Tanchuma, what was his problem? Why did he want to take the job? So other sources have it that he didn't want to take the job because he didn't think that he was worthy. He didn't think that they were worthy. But listen to this Medrash Tanchuma. When God said to Moshe, Moshe said, I can't do this. I can't do this job. Why? Not because I'm not worthy. Not because the Jewish people aren't worthy. But rather the Medrash says, Because Yisro took me in when I was a lost, you know, uh, running away, a refugee from Paro. And he opened up his house. And I am like a son to him. And one who opens up his house to another person. You are obligated with your life to that person, for that person. And so you have to understand that this is uh, pretty amazing. The reason that he can't go and save the Jewish people is not because he thinks he's not going to be the good emissary. It's not because he thinks the Jewish people can't be saved. But it's because I have to go and speak to my father-in-law first. I have to check with him. Right, and the uh, the gravity of this is, uh, you know, uh, we see in the pasuk over there. Moshe goes back to his father-in-law Yisro. I want to go and return to my brethren in Egypt. There, and I will see Odam Chaim. I want to see if they're alive. You know, there's a fundamental life and death aspect to this. And Vayomer Yisro Lemoshe Lech Lishalom. And so Yisro says, "Okay, fine, go," but. Fundamentally, the reason he doesn't want to go is because he doesn't think he could do this to Yisro. He owes Yisro too much. And even to save the Jewish people, you have to make sure you have first saved, or I should say pay, your debts. Because So we have God exercising Hakaras Atov to Moshe or to Bisivas Paro. We have Moshe exercising Hakaras Atov to Yisro because he's not willing to take the job before he's, he does his reckoning with Yisro. And then finally, the penultimate moment of the receiving of the Torah, we have the same Midah pointed out. I am the Lord your God who took you out of Egypt. Now, if you had to put together a resume for God, so there's a lot of stuff you could put on this resume. You could talk about how he created the universe. You could talk about how he created the Grand Canyon. You could talk about anything. But why Asher Hotei Sicha Meheretz Mitzrayim Beis Avadim says the Ramban? Because Amr Lehem Zeh Shehem Chayavin Shehem Hashem HaGadol V'Hanechbod V'Hanorah HaZeh Lehem Lelokim It's obligatory for them to accept God upon them. Shiavdu that they serve him kihu pade osami avdus mitzrayim because he redeemed them from the servitude of Egypt kitam avodayhem asher hotzisi osam meres mitzrayim the most fundamental reason that the Jews are going to enter this program of Judaism the most basic idea is because you were just saved. He speaks to the people who were just saved. Yeah, I could give you a whole theological resume on how important it is to worship God and how important it is to understand and to recognize the creator of the universe. But here we have something so much more fundamental, and that is I took you out of Egypt. And that basic notion of akarsatov of gratitude, the uh, the tit for a tat, 
somebody does something for you, then you are obligated to do something back. That is the most basic of all of the notions that require us to do things. And I say this all the time, and it's so important, but the Haggadah on the Seder night, we're supposed to be focused on this as well. Kamamalos tovos How many great things did God do for us throughout this whole story? We have my favorite song, the Song of Dayenu. And in the Song of Dayenu, we have a bunch of stanzas, about 15 stanzas, stanzas that deal with leaving Egypt, stanzas with deal with the miracles that we experience, st- five stanzas that deal with being with God. But what we do in this song, which is what is remarkable to me, and I always try to do this in my class, what is Dayenu? Dayenu is a way to take a large story where a tremendous amount of good happens to break it down into component parts. If I would have only gone out for breakfast, and I wouldn't have done whatever, uh, gone into the car and driven to uh, the football game, it would have been enough. If I just had the car ride, because we had such a good time in the car, but I wouldn't have actually reached the football game, it would have been enough. The notion of Diana is to break down this incredible story with C.S. Mitzrayim, and to break it down into its component parts. It's something that really behooves us all, to do with all of our lives at all times, to teach our children, to teach whoever's listening, that we need to have our own dayenu. We expect so much out of life, but as we see, Akaras HaTov is so basic and so fundamental. The goal of dayenu is the paragraph, I believe, after dayenu. Al-achas kama v'kama tova kefulo mechupelas lamakom aleinu. How much more so the quadrupled, so much more, Kefula umichupelas doubled and quadrupled how much hakar satov, how much gratitude we have. And then we're able to say it all. We're able to articulate all of these things after singing a dayeno. We know how fundamental it is from the name of Moshe. We know how it is from the introduction that God gives to us, the Jewish people, with the Ten Commandments. We know how fundamental it is from Moshe not being able to take the job until he says, thank you, or he says he acknowledges it with Yisro. We have to remember the fundamental nature of hakar satov, particularly as we come towards Pesach, which is so focused on this Midah. Have a great day.